Hello, friends. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by From Within Records, Struck Nerve, Burning Strong, Summer Tour 2022. They'll be hitting Richmond, Greenville, Birmingham, Chattanooga, and Raleigh. So please, if you're in those areas, support Struck Nerve, support Burning Strong, support Youngblood Records, support From Within Records. It's amazing. I love that pairing. Both bands are fucking awesome. Also, Envision, Magnitude, Almighty Watching, early August, they're doing an awesome weekend. They're hitting up Philly. They're hitting up uh, Hingham. I hope I'm, I'm pronouncing that correctly. And Wallingford, uh, which I want to get to one day. Um, uh, Wallingford, Connecticut. So uh, an awesome weekend. Three very amazing bands. So please make sure to support them if you're going to attend any of the shows that weekend. Shout out to Despise. Shout out Northern Unrest. Despise. They got some awesome stuff. Uh, which is going to start next week, playing shows with Knock Loose, Choir Boy, Soft Kill. It's, it's amazing. I'm, I'm so happy that a lot of bands from the States are finally able to uh, do these international dates. And I'm, also, or, and I'm very, very excited to see that Despise is being able to get some love while they're out there because they deserve everything. That band is fucking awesome. Shout out to Despise. Also, if you haven't heard the promo tape from Statement of Pride, do yourself a favor. Go check that out. That band is awesome, and I can't wait to see them in early August. Breaking news. Um, I'm not sure if I said that publicly, but sorry to everybody. But I will be in Florida in August for Statement of Pride. Also to see Contention, too. They're amazing. And Carbonite, Like a Sickness. New song. Please go stream that shit. That band definitely rocks. And if you're not following From Within Records on social media, you might have missed the news about the third installation of the One Scene Unity comp. It is being pushed to September for a very good reason. So, uh, like I said, if you're not following From Within Records on social media, you probably missed that. So right now, go boot up your Twitter, your Instagram, click that follow button so you can stay up to date on all the breaking news. And like I always say, please support From Within Records because they support us. And if you're looking for high-quality merch for your band, for your podcast, for your zine, for your label, for whatever, please go hit up my friends over at Good Fortune Printing out of Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. They do amazing stuff. They just posted some photos of merch they did for Soul Blind and One Step Closer, and it looks so awesome and i'm very happy to have worked with them in the past and i'm looking forward to working with them again in the future we're working on cool stuff uh that's all i'll say for now but please uh, go follow good fortune printing on instagram at good fortune printing if you want to get in contact with them to do business uh, dm them on instagram or email them contact at goodfortuneprinting.com you can thank me later so please support Good Fortune Printing out of Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. On today's episode, we had to track down our good friend Fred. Plays in a new band called Defective Chain, which I was so high about 
I could not stop listening to that demo when it got posted. And to be honest, I have a lot of friends who posted it that day and I'm like, ah, is this like, like a hype thing or is this like the real deal? And I'm gonna be honest. I, I listened to that demo on repeat and that's the band that I tell everybody about right now. I'm like, people ask me, what should I be listening to? What's the new hotness in California? It's defective chain. And I'm, so thankful that Fred was able to take the time to do the podcast because Fred's about to have a baby. Uh, might might have already had the baby by the time this episode gets posted. So congratulations to Fred and his partner to be able to start their family. But I'm very happy that he was able to take time during this, uh, you know, cool and crazy process to do this podcast. So it, it definitely means a lot to me that he was able to do this. It was fun for me. I'm such a fan of Defective Chain and his other projects. So please, if this, you know, by this point, if you have not heard of Defective Chain, if you're questioning me, what the hell is Defective Chain? Hit pause, head over to Bandcamp, and now Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, YouTube. Go listen to the demo and then come back. You can thank me later. But please, for everyone who's caught up to speed, strap in. And I hope you all enjoy this, uh, this conversation, excuse me, as much as I did. So please, without further ado, welcome Fred to the show. podcast fred how's it going pretty good how are you i'm, I'm doing great I'm, I'm very happy to to have you here especially since i know you're on a you know pretty strict timeline so i'm happy that i reached out when i did because if i had to wait to get you on the podcast i would have been really bummed because i'm so into the defective chain demo and i listened to it front to back like multiple times and i was just like all right i gotta get somebody uh, from the band on the podcast and i was going through my Twitter feed and I saw a bunch of people reposting it and eventually I found your Instagram and I reached out. So I'm happy that you're able to do it and I'm happy that you're here today. So thank you. Yes, I'm glad to be here. Okay. And for people who may not be familiar with who you are, because obviously I just mentioned you do play in Defective Chain, but can you speak about uh, you know uh, where you come from and who you are? Uh, where I come from? Uh, my name is Fred, uh, Fred Avila. Um, Originally from Stockton, California, but I live in Sacramento now. Um, and then, well, originally from Stockton, spent uh, like eight or nine years in Santa Cruz and like San Jose and the Bay Area, and then moved to Sacramento about four years ago. Okay. Um, and I've played in a million bands. But yeah, if uh, for anyone who follows you on Twitter, they can see a bunch of the bands that you play in in your bio, which is cool I'm, I'm happy to uh, you know see that you're uh, pretty active in you know that aspect but I, i'm uh, you know i don't think i've ever talked to anybody on the podcast that's from stockton the 209 i'm uh, you know a huge fan of mma and for anyone who watches right. mma or who's you know familiar they, they know the name the diaz brothers who rep stockton like super hard so uh, i i think it's cool that you're from there I, i've never been there I, I would like to go just because i'm a huge fan of the diaz brothers 
you're not gonna i mean i wouldn't recommend it <laughs> there's not much going on there. yeah I, I mean, I, there's, there's probably more going on there now than there was when i lived there but i moved away like 17 years ago so Mm -hmm. okay yeah. 17 yeah and uh, did you move away like just for school or just you wanted to get away just needed to get away man uh i was 19 years old mm -hmm. at the time and i uh, had an opportunity to move to santa cruz and so i just did and you know spent like eight or nine years there uh and then had an opportunity to move to san jose so i moved there spent five years there mm -hmm. and then um yeah, my, my partner and I, you know, the, the Bay Area just as a whole is is prohibitively expensive and there's just no way to uh, survive there on like a working class income. So four years ago, we moved uh, to Sacramento so she could go back to school and finish mm -hmm. her degree. We have family here and um, yeah, we've been here for four years now and we're about to have a baby in about a week. So that's yeah that's awesome you you um, previously told me about that so uh, congratulations on that that's definitely awesome to uh, you know bring a baby into this world start a family that's super cool so i'm, I'm very excited for you and your partner um in your time in uh, santa cruz and san jose uh you know how was the music scene for you back then and were you doing bands at that time oh yeah uh it was great i mean i, I moved from santa cruz to san jose uh, well, mostly because of my partner, but also because my band and all my friends and everybody were there. And yeah, uh, I feel like the Bay, you know, obviously the Bay gets like a lot of attention now for like a lot of bands that deserve that attention for sure. But mm -hmm. the Bay has always had an awesome scene and awesome bands. And, um, I'm glad that, you know, the rest of the world is like starting to pay attention to it for the first time. You know, 15 years it seems like so 100 uh you know for me growing up and uh, my early years in the hardcore scene i i remember loving bands from your area and i've, I've talked about them plenty of times but i just uh, you know will never not talk about them whenever northern california gets brought up but i, I used to and i still do like bands like uh lose none on a war path uh you know hoods back in the day they're they're a little different now but still <laughs> you, you know do you, you got to pay respect to, to to hoods and what they did especially with their uh, record label back in the day west coast worldwide and sure. even uh, a band like trash talk right i'm i don't even know if people really uh, realize that they're from up there and they yeah. did a lot and you got to look at uh, you know their track record and where they're at today they they were like you know still a pretty huge band so yeah for for a long time that there's been always good music coming out of uh, northern california for sure I, I saw the hoods uh like one of the first shows i ever saw was the hoods in stockton it was like 1999 probably mm -hmm. and i didn't i didn't know who they were but but they were sick Damn. I, don't, I don't i mean i don't it's a different band entirely now you know but yeah uh, in 1999 there was they were good mm -hmm. 100 percent. yeah then uh, so you obviously got to see them with their original singer Mm -hmm. that's crazy 1999 yeah yeah that, I'm, I'm old man <laughs> yeah th that definitely predates me because i started going to shows in 2002 yeah mm -hmm. and uh, how old are you because if i'm being honest I'm, I'm looking at you right now you don't look that old well thanks uh i'm 37 okay you're not that much older than me i'm no yeah yeah, yeah. I, i'm 33 right now so okay so that's i'm cool. not i'm not old i'm just older than most people playing in hardcore bits probably you know Mm -hmm. 
but that's cool for for you to still be around and be super active because a lot of people and i'm sure you've seen it through your years people get jaded drop out and just you know want to do other things which is fine you know do your thing but i'm, I'm happy that you've stuck around for as long as you have yeah me too okay and when you uh, moved uh, to Sacramento, you, you mentioned that you had uh, family there. Uh, were you like super familiar with the area or uh, was this going to be like a new thing for you and your partner at the time? Uh, we were a little, little familiar with it. I mean, Stockman's only like an hour south of here. Mm -hmm. So as a kid, I definitely came here a lot for things. But uh, back then, I mean, California just as a whole has changed so much over over those years. Uh, Sacramento is very different now than it was then. It's definitely, there's a lot more to do here. Um, you know, there's a lot more gentrification, unfortunately, but, um, yeah, I mean, we were, it was definitely a, a new thing. You know, we, we were moving to a new city and doing a new thing and hoping that we could make it work and it's working so far. So, uh -huh. yeah. Yeah, that, 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 that's cool. I'm, I'm definitely um, happy to hear that you guys are able to make it work. It, it, to me, it's always definitely nerve wracking to pick up and move uh, to a whole new city, and especially, you know, yeah, it's not that far away, but you'd be surprised at how different the world is just, you know, an hour in the opposite direction. Yeah, I think the hardest part at first was that, uh, like, we have some family here, like a little bit, but mm -hmm. uh, all of our friends are in the Bay still or were. And so, yeah, it was definitely weird to come here and not really know anybody and um, have to make new friends. Um, fortunately, we, we a lot of our friends from the Bay have moved here. Mm -hmm. um, people who are from around here have moved, you know, have, have moved back here. Um, and I've made some new friends. Two of the guys in Defective Chain are people who I didn't know, you know, eight months ago so yeah oh cool. wow okay thanks so they're like like really new friends definitely yeah okay yeah that's cool because you never know uh where life's going to take you so I, I always like to uh you know seize opportunities especially meeting new people I'm, I'm definitely a little wary about meeting new people especially like this uh late in life because i feel like <laughs> i have like a pretty solid, you know, group of friends, uh, locally and uh, across the world, and, you know, just being able to, uh, maintain these relationships over time. Uh, and I feel like that's like the true test of a friendship is, you know, uh, you get to know these people and go, you know, get through different experiences over time and you eventually find out if you really like them or not. But I, I think it's really cool that you're able to, you know, move somewhere new and actually meet cool people and especially start something like, at like a band and like defective training uh, with these new people and do cool shit. Because, like, like I said before, I, I really do enjoy that that band a lot. When uh, when we first moved here, I was going driving from SAC to San Francisco for band practice once a week mm -hmm. for uh, for Primal Right practice, and it was it was a killer, man. Like, I don't recommend that. To yeah, as someone like me who hates driving, I I do not would. I would just wouldn't want to do that. I, I used to commute to work. There's a weird time in my life where I was uh, in transition from, uh, you know, moving from one place to another. And I was commuting from Palm Springs to Orange County and back uh, for, I, I did it for maybe like two weeks. Like mentally, I was like, I could do this. No problem. I'll throw on a podcast each way. The drive won't be anything. But 
after working like a long shift and having to hop in the car and hope to beat traffic just to get home to get enough sleep to make it to the next day. I was like, I was over it so fast. I was like, I can't fucking do this on top of how, and we're talking about like gas prices from like a couple of years ago. So it's nothing like it is today, but I was just like, still, this is pretty expensive to spend that much gas. Uh, you know, you gotta think about working five days a week, driving a uh, round trip had to been like almost like, you know, 400 plus miles a day. So it was just, wow. yeah, it got old really fast. And I was like, all right, I was like, I thought I could do this. But once I'm in it, I'm like, I definitely can't do it. I got to figure out a whole new situation. And luckily, I was able to make it work. And I ended that as fast as I could because it was exhausting. I can't imagine. I, I applied for a job. Uh, last year, I applied for a job that would have required me to drive to San Francisco two days a week. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't get the job. But but I think it's probably because of that. So, yeah. I, I, cur- I currently work like 10 minutes from home. So it's nice to just be able to. Mm-hmm get yeah. there and back super fast and especially having a uh, kid soon. Be, yeah, man, I seriously hate luckily. Yeah. And fortunate for, for me, like right now where I live, I live like 10 minutes from, from work. Uh, and that's cause I work like really early cause there's like no traffic. So I can get there like pretty fast. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's like pretty easy, but I'm, I'm moving at the end of the year, which I've talked about before. Uh, so it's going to, you know, take me like maybe a little longer to get to work, but it's okay. But I, I just, yeah, I, I can't do those commutes from, you know, multiple hour drives every day for work because it's just work is work is work, whatever. But I, I just don't want to add having to drive that far that early every day. It's rough. No one should. But I, I'm curious, since you brought it up, uh, you know, uh, Primal Right, I feel like it's gone kind of quiet over there. Uh are you guys still a band or are, are things, you know, just kind of cooking behind the scenes? Cause I, I see the Twitter still, still active. Obviously cool that, is it? Uh, yeah, go, go, go check the Twitter, but I'm active, but it's cool that I'm promoting, you know, all the stuff tied to the, the, the other members. So it's awesome to see that somebody is still there, uh, you know, per, like, you know, working on it, but I'm just curious as far as like music or shows or anything, like what's going on. Cause it just seems like it's been a, a long time. Yeah, uh, I mean, technically, Primal Right hasn't broken up, um, but you know, we live in. We've all changed so much since, you know, I think we last played in like 2019, mm-hmm. and uh, since then, you know, two of the guys in the band have had kids. I'm about to have a kid. Um, our drummer moved to Seattle. Uh, I moved here. It's just you know. We were kind of like working on a new record for a little while. Like, the, I mean, basically the music is written. It's been written and like, we just haven't been able to get together to work on it as a band. And so, and it hasn't, it's, no one seems, myself included, no one seems like uh, super motivated to make it happen because we've all got so much other stuff going on, you know? So I can't say Primal Red's broken up, but it's definitely not active. Yeah, but um, okay. Well, at least the door is not closed there because th- that's pretty interesting to hear that there is music written. So you know it. So so Jake, one of the other guitar players, mm-hmm. is like a he's like a savant when it comes to creation. He he's got whole like concepts of for for records and 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 demos for records like written and recorded and 
and uh, he's just waiting on on a band to like get together and, and hash all that out, you know. So he's got he's just constantly. I don't know how he does it, but he's constantly just cranking out like new songs and and and, and ideas. Uh, so it's not you know we aren't active for lack of uh, of n- n- new material because the the material's there. Like mm-hmm. there's at least twelve songs written for a new record, um, but let's see. <laughs> All right, yeah. I guess only time will tell, but but it's cool because yeah, you know, Primal Right people know that band, uh, you know, because you guys have done a lot. So it would be kind of sad to just let it go away. But um, like I said, I'm I'm happy that the door is not completely closed. And like I said, go go check the Twitter. Somebody's there keeping it. Somebody's there. Somebody's there it's, keeping it active. You know, for for all those followers to kind of let people know, like, yo, it, it, it's still moving in uh, some special way. But um, hopefully sooner than later, um all of you can figure that out and get some new stuff out. Cause I'm sure a lot of people who are still fans of that band would love to hear the new stuff. Okay. And, and just looking at your, uh, you know, bio on Twitter, I- I'm just curious as far as like all the other bands and uh, no social media for them. Um, Unearnment and abysmalist have Instagram, uh, Instagrams. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, that's it. Uh, yeah. Okay, and obviously, like, is there like a specific reason for that? Because obviously, every like, majority of people are on social media. That's a great place and great tool to help promote the band and push all the new stuff. So sure. I'm just curious, as far as like, um, why uh, you wouldn't do that for the other bands? Well, I I don't have time for it, honestly. Like I, mm. um, I made an Instagram for Anurnment, which is my like uh, solo death metal project. Mm-hmm. Uh, I made that because it's not a like a real band, and and at least having that thing on the internet made it like a thing that I could put some energy into, you know, rather than just like making music and then that's it. Um, but I kind of hate uh, social media, just like trying to like use it, <laughs> like mm-hmm. like I don't really use uh social media that that often uh or nor do i have the patience for it and so all the instagram pages for bands that i run are pretty inactive it's not you know it's there with information if you want to look up a business list or a nerd you'll see that we have instagram and there's plenty of like information there about like the, the records and like where you can get them and all that but it's not really something that i'm like uh, engaging with on a day-to-day basis. Okay. Uh, I wish I had a better reason. It's just that I, I don't really have time for it. No, I, I totally get it. If you know, I, I just have like my personal stuff and that's like what I tie like all like the podcast stuff to just because I didn't want to have to create something separate because from the beginning, like all my friends, um, who, who are not experts, by the way, uh, were trying to tell me on how I should do what I was doing in the very beginning. But I'm like, I don't even know where this is going or if this is going to be a thing. So I'm not trying to create a whole new, uh, you know, community. And I don't care to, like, I, I don't want to have to come up with, with something uh, like witty or creative um, as far as like for, for the name for, for the podcast for what I was doing. Uh, so I, I just kind of modeled everything after the podcast that I 
listened to and saw that were successful. So I just kind of followed, like I said before, like I, I follow uh, what Joe Rogan has done, what Ariel Holwani, what Fighter and the Kid has done, and just try to replicate that, uh, you know, it, you know, as best as I can. And that's how I got to where I am today. And uh, like, I just wanted to just keep it me because that's who I am. I'm you know, not some weird personality. The way I talk on the podcast is the way I talk in real life. So I just wanted to try to keep it as grounded as possible. And I, like I said, I, I just didn't want to have to create a whole new thing to uh, to cultivate something new because it's just easier to log in and just kind of do it all on mine since people are already there. And if people who are curious or new people find it, that's cool. But if not, uh, th that's cool too. I'm just going to keep on trucking and doing what I'm doing and let people find it like or organically because I don't like to go too far out of my way to promote it. Like I'm not paying for ads. I'm not hitting up other people to promote my episodes for me it's just you know I, I do it here and then i move on and there's the next episode if you missed the last promotion whatever it's it, it's gone actually well it's archived in my stories i can repost if i wanted but now we're, we're just gonna keep on moving and that's it i'm not trying to shove it down people's throat i just want to put it put it out there for 24 hours and then it's gone you know yeah i think that's smart having having like a one-stop shop for the stuff that you do your personal instagram and your podcast i think it's smart it's pr probably easy too because you're the name of your podcast is just your name you know but like uh yeah if i if i could go back i probably wouldn't make instagrams for any of my fans just mm -hmm. because because uh, i don't really want to i don't it's not fun to me to 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 do that uh -huh. but at this point it's too late because my bands have more followers than i my personal page does so it's like but, yeah, and I, and I'm sure yeah, at this point you got rid of it. People go, "What the hell's going on?" And then you you'd be getting like emails and people hitting you up, and could get weird. But so I do this monthly playlist, and I didn't realize that Defective Chain wasn't on Spotify, or maybe maybe I didn't look hard enough. But I swear I I tried for like maybe like 20 minutes to find it, and I couldn't find it. Is that for? It's not, that's not by choice. It's it's coming soon. I uh I've just been so busy like getting ready for the baby and everything that. Mm -hmm. We um, we put it on on Bandcamp uh, like a month ago, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, it was supposed to go on uh, on streaming services tomorrow. I don't think it's going to make it tomorrow because uh, there's some weird stuff with like the the metadata that I have to take care of. Mm -hmm. But it, but it's coming soon. It's gonna okay, okay. Because I was under the assumption that you guys were like anti uh, Spotify, yeah. Apple Music. But I'm happy to hear because I, I like I said, I, I, I was trying to get you guys or put you guys on my playlist because that's like, uh, you know, some new music that I wanted to tell people about it, uh, you know, or tell more people about it. Because seriously, anytime anybody's like, what's going on in California? What's what's the new band I should check out? Like you, I tell everybody, listen to Defective Chain, you know, cool shit coming out of Sacramento. Like, you know, thank me later. They're an awesome band. So I, I literally have told so many people to go check out your band because like that demo, I'm, I'm telling you, it's, it's really good stuff. Thank you. But but I'll get you on the playlist when it gets cool. up. So no, we're we're definitely not anti-streaming. If anything, I'm all for streaming. I want Spotify to make as much money off of the music as they can because I'm not going to make it. So. Okay. Yeah, I, I love the streaming services. If I'm being honest, I like back in the day, I, I thought streaming services were like were stupid. I was like, nobody's ever going to want to um, pay to not have it because you know I, I used to. We always have iPods, uh, or, or a lot of us used to have iPods, Zunes, whatever. And it was always like I have to have every music hitting all the blog spots, buying stuff digitally to to get it on your computer and have it organized on a hard drive. And then 
I remember that hard drive that I had crashed and there was like, there was like old shit that I love that. Like I ask people about to this day, nobody knows like where it is or how I can even get it. So I'm just like, that's it. I guess I got to, you know, chalk it up as a loss and maybe I should have had better security or backups of backups. And then I just got over it. And then once like, I used to have, God, what was it called? Okay. So it was before Apple music. I don't know if anybody remembers this, but before Apple music, the streaming service was uh beats you know like dr dre uh, you know beats yeah. um and then beats got obviously got bought by apple and then they changed the, um, the beat streaming to, to apple music so that's like where i started it's like i had beats went to apple music and then once i got rid of my iphone um and then my buddy nate shout out nate he he just put me on his family plan for spotify so he literally play, pays for it i don't even pay for it uh, and I just have had Spotify ever since. And I found no diss to, to Apple Music, but I found to enjoy Spotify more. So, hmm. but, but that's just my personal preference. So I, I don't really care what you use. Shout out to all my, uh, you know, listeners on Apple Podcasts because I do see the analytics and there are people there. So shout out to everybody who's over there. We, I still appreciate you. Uh, Spotify is the only one that I've ever used. I don't, uh, it was just, I was like, oh, Spotify, I'll try that out. That was like, you know, nine years ago. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, geez, it has been a long time. I remember when I had to switch over from Apple Music to Spotify, that was like probably one of the worst times ever because having to like rebuild your library and like with all all the artists. But I don't do that. What do you mean you don't do that? I mean, I don't like, I don't use, I don't like make playlists or build or favorite anything or save anything. I'm, I'm just a purely just listen to music on Spotify. Wait, so do you like just every time you want to listen to them, you go and like type it in and then, yeah, but that's crazy. I'm like a, I, I'm like an albums guy. Man. Like I, I want to listen to, you know, a record on Spotify. I'm that way too in, uh, you know, certain moments, but there's times where I'm just like, all right, like I'm in a mood. Like I want to listen to something that, I can not have to like focus on like what I'm like doing. Like this is like, I, I listen to a lot of music and podcasts like while I'm at work. So I'm like, all right, like I need something that's going to either, you know, get me pumped or something I can like sing along to and just something that I can just not have to, you know, I really think about work and just really focus more on the music, which just sounds really bad. Right. I'm getting paid a lot of money to not focus on the work, but I just, you know, like to do that. But if there's like a new record or something uh, or something that I want to revisit, that's when I'm like, all right, let's go album mode. Let's go front to to back. No skips. Uh, that, 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 that's only fun too. So it, it, it just depends. Right. Each their own. <laughs> yeah. So you never just, uh, so it's always album mode for you. So I'm, I'm an album mode. Dude, look at me. I'm fucking old. I got long hair. I'm a fucking album guy. <laughs> respect. No, I, I, I definitely can respect that because um, these artists, they, you know, cultivate and craft these albums, uh, you know, to be something special. And, you know, uh, for the most part, hopefully the, these track lists, uh, you know, the, the order that they're in, uh, you know, are important. So I, I can definitely respect that. It's just, I mean, I, yeah, I never, got, I didn't have like an iPod or anything. Mm-hmm. So like I, I never got into like listening to a track or like shuffling or whatever. I, I have a pretty big like record collection in the other room, and I just uh, I sort of listen to Spotify like it's a record collection. You know, mm-hmm. like I'll just put it on and listen to it. That's cool. Ch- no, ch- change the record. You know. I've, I've never owned a record uh, player. Like I, I own records. Oh, wow. Yeah. Shout out to, um, Oh sure. I, I always get confused. Uh, shout out to, to this record. This one means a lot to me, but I, I own some records, um, but I've never owned a record player just cause I've never, 
well, going way back to the very beginning, I, I've told the story before, but like I, what I, when I finally decided, all right, cool, let me give in. Cause like w- my old roommate, uh, he was like a huge record collector, right? He'd always be talking about, Hey, like we got to go meet this guy from Craigslist. He has this, uh, variant, blah, blah, blah. Right. So he was like super, super into it. So he's the one who kind of like piqued my interest and got me curious about it. And then at the time I was like, all right, let me go buy one of my favorite records to start this collection. And then we'll just kind of branch off and figure it out over time. And I went to go buy catalyst by newfound glory, but come to find out it wasn't pressed on vinyl at that time. So I was like, okay, maybe this is a sign that I shouldn't collect records. So for the longest time I didn't collect any records, but now I just have like a very small collection. I have like a bunch of stuff, like, well, everything from fury. I have like some pop records, like Halsey, her, her EP room 93. I have like the first pressing of that uh, somewhere in my room. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just things here and there, uh, but it's just never really been, uh, I, I don't know why I, I just, you know, and for me being around for so long, like liking, like just music so much throughout my life, I just never really got into collecting records. I, I wish I did. Honestly, I've got, you know, hundreds of records that I hardly listen to. And I probably, I stopped buying records maybe about five years ago. Okay. Um, but I just, I don't want to get rid of what I have. But I just every time I move, then I have to pack up all these fucking records. <laughs> oh man, yeah. When I was uh, commuting back and forth from Palm Springs to Orange County, uh, shout out to my parents. They were letting me stay with them, and I had brought my entire comic book collection, which is, it's not the whole thing because I have like some stuff behind me, um, like more modern stuff. But like I brought my entire comic book collection to my parents' house, and like my mom will hit me up every now and then, and she's like, "Hey, like your comic books are still in your closet?" Because my, my parents still have like my room from like when I lived there like years ago. They just never uh, change it to something else. So I'm um, shout out to them. But when I think about it, I'm like, I don't think I'm ever gonna take those comic books like out of my parents' house because it's just nice to have those like thousands of singles issues like in my closet just safe and I, I like i'm about to move at the end of the year there's no way that i want to move all those comic books anywhere because it's just yeah, it's it's a lot and um and sometimes i, I think about it I'm like i don't know why i did that because they just sit there and like there's some like there's like there's some series that like i just love and don't want to let go like there's some awesome like daredevil and iron man stuff in there that i would just don't want to let go but there's seriously like probably 80 like 80 percent of stuff there that i just don't care about anymore like i did back in the early 2010s when i bought those books i have a a similar thing i have a bunch of crap in my mom's house and a bunch of crap in my dad's house and mm-hmm. every time my uh my dad comes over he'll like bring something oh you know that this is at the house and i'm like yeah, I, I left it there. Like, and he's like, well, what should I do with it? And I'm like, I, I guess leave it here. And so like, I just have random crap now. Like, mm-hmm. it's fucking- this, a Ghostbusters toy Ghost- when I was a little kid. It's not even open. And I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do with this now? So yeah, Who is uh, if, it, if anyone out there wants to buy uh, this unopened Ghostbusters toy, from the late 80s or early 90s uh hit me up yeah it's, it's uh, for sale. and for for people listening uh fred is showing us i uh, was at granny ghost from ghostbusters very so that that's like real vintage that's not like fake vintage oh this is this is old as hell that is crazy because obviously there's like they make newer toys like in that style to kind of give that throwback feel but that's interesting i've never seen granny ghost i i haven't seen ghostbusters in a long time a big Ghostbusters kid. 
Okay. What about the reboot? Did you like the reboot? Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, I liked it. I don't know. Okay. Kind I of mean, curious. it's it was good. I I'm I'm when it comes to like movies, I'm so easy to please. I'm not like a snob about it. Like really? it's it's funny. Sure, that's great. I like it. I think the only time I become a snob is like when there are reboots, which is weird because there's definitely been stuff that I've liked as a kid that were reboots that I was just like, no, this is fine. This is fine. But now I was like, as an adult and seeing the things that I loved as a kid get rebooted, I'm just like, wow, they should have just left that alone. Like what? The Karate Kid? Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. I I was just like, come on. Like, I love Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan's cool. Um, uh, What was that? Jaden Smith. I just... I just didn't like it. Maybe they, they should try again. And I was hoping, like, I didn't, I completely hate the the reboot. I was like, okay, the first one, it was okay. But I was like, let's see where they go with it. But it just didn't, it, it didn't go anywhere. Uh, but fast forward to now, I feel like they rectified that by doing Cobra Kai, which is literally the, like, when it comes to these retro nostalgic shows, like, you know, from way back when, I think that is the best one. Like, shout out cobra kai like every other one sucks like fuller house um like that is uh, like they, they got you in the first episode when they like brought a lot of those uh the, the original cast back but they just kind of went to crap uh what was yeah, it go ahead i think the thing about that is like look at fuller house which i haven't seen it but i'm sure it's stupid mm-hmm. but if you go back and watch full house now it's stupid you know <laughs> so like uh you know I feel like Ghostbusters at least is a thing where like I liked it as a kid because it was like ghosts or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like watching it as an adult too, it's like it's these like the best comedians of the mid eighties you know, all in a movie together. You know, like it was it was like SNL affiliated and SCTV affiliated, and I feel like that itself holds up. And so there's I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Okay. No, no, no. I, I definitely agree with that because there's a lot of things I go back and I, I, I think about and I'm just, I can't, I like, I was a sucker as a kid, like sitting and watching so much TV and wasting so much time when I could have been like developing like skills and like, you know, other aspects of my life to you know, be more useful. Uh, like I, I think about, I was just talking to this person at work about how we used to watch the Brady Bunch. I'm like, that show sucks ass. I would never watch that now. Somebody tried to ask me if I would want to watch the Brady Bunch. I told them to fuck off. I got better things to do. I ain't watching that dumb shit. Uh, but yeah, there's just, I don't even, yeah, TV back then versus now is way different. And I just don't, yeah, I wouldn't want to waste my time. Same. And I'm curious because I, you, you like Ghostbusters, but I have to ask, do you believe in actual ghosts? Um, short answer, no. Uh, I've seen some stuff I can't explain, but I don't think it's ghosts. Interesting. Okay. I, I, I am curious. Can you share any of those things? Um, sure. When I was a little kid, uh, I would go to my, my, my aunt would watch me like pretty often. Mm-hmm. And in her house, she had this like long hallway that split in like teeth. Okay. You know, like. So I'd be like walking, I would stand at this end of the hallway and look down where it would go like this. Mm-hmm. And I, I have like vivid memories of being maybe like six to eight years old and just like, like standing in the hallway and just watching because I knew at some point I would see a broom go like this. 
and I saw it. Like if I just stood there long enough and, and stared down the hallway, I would see like the the broom end of a broom go from go like this, like this is the wall. Mm-hmm. And you go it would go like you go like and okay. And I don't know what it was. Could it have been you? It could have been me. I was a little kid. I, kids make shit up all the time. No, like you controlling it with your mind is what I'm getting at. Oh no, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think I, I don't think I have the brain power for something like that. Okay, interesting. That 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 is crazy. I I, I want to believe in ghosts. Like I used to be an uh, amateur ghost hunter, which is like the stupidest thing. I always feel uh, stupid having to tell people this story, but me and my friends back in the day used to be like amateur ghost hunters, and we definitely experienced stuff. But there's like, I don't know how to explain it. It was just shit, like weird shit that would happen when we're hanging out at the cemetery at like three in the morning. And it's like, did did those things happen because we went looking for it? Or was it like going on because there were actual ghosts out there? I, I, I have no idea. And then we even like met some, like we had like this friend and his girlfriend um, uh, where she lived uh, with her parents. Uh, the previous owners like were her her aunt right so like her 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 aunt and i think two aunts like lived in that house before they took over but apparently they were like witches and they did stuff in this one specific room and i was like i don't believe that that sounds like complete bullshit but if you live there like let's go i want to experience this for myself and we we went to their house and they they took us to this room they called it the toy room because that's where they stored like it was like a storage room basically it was like a small room where they put like a bunch of old toys like a bed just a bunch of random crap and they're like all right have fun and, like they wouldn't go in there they were super freaked out about it and i walked in there and honestly I, it was nothing like i ever felt before it's like this weird like like heaviness and that's the only way i could explain it, it just felt like like there was just a bunch of weight on like my entire body when I was walking through there and I didn't spend too much time in there. So it was just like, all right, whatever. That was really creepy. Um, but we would hang out at that house. Cause like, that was like, you know, like, like the hangout spot on like Tuesday nights, we'd go there to watch community back when community was like airing live on TV and like weird stuff would happen. Like, and I don't think they staged it cause it, I don't think they're that elaborate, but like we'd be in the living room and then we would just hear the kitchen sink turn on and, there's nobody there kitchen cupboards slamming shut you know and then there was one time which i i i didn't experience it but my buddy uh, uh andrew he was sitting on this couch and we we're just watching the tv show like just like like normal and this guy jumps out of the couch like something's attacking him and he's like freaking out we're like what the hell are you doing dude and he was like you don't see that old guy down the hallway and i thought he was acting but his heart was like seriously about to I was like it felt like it was beating like almost out of his chest because he was like feel my heart rate i'm not fucking lying and he was like freaked out because he saw some old creepy dude down the hallway that nobody saw and the girl who lived who actually lived there her name was michelle she was like oh you probably saw my grandpa because i see him every now and then i'm like what do you mean you see him every now and then that's fucking weird like how are you just so casually yeah like i see my dead grandpa in our house randomly every now and then so just like things like that was always like i'm like okay this is weird but like nothing like that ever like i never saw anything like the weirdest thing that happened to me besides like um like seeing or he, you know being there when like the cab or the, the the cabinets like would shut and the water would turn on like the weirdest thing that ever happened was like I had to deal with like sleep paralysis like one time and that's what like pushed me to like stop uh, being an amateur ghost hunter. Cause like, you know, that stuff's always tied to like the paranormal and 
you know, that could have been something that followed you home. And that was always my worst fear because I watched I watched like way too much like weird stuff like back then, like paranormal activity. And I was like, yeah, I was like, I don't want to end up like those people and end up dying or getting my life ruined because there's like a ghost or something that's attached to me. So I was like, let me just kind of step back. And um, if it's real cool, like, let me get out of this while I, I still can. But if it's not, then yeah, like, let me just go do something else with my life. That's, that's crazy. Uh, no, I, I haven't experienced anything like that. I've never yeah. seen like creepy old guy, but, uh, I don't, I don't believe in much. So I'm, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. Probably yeah. just my imagination. Is good. Yeah. And honestly, to this day, like, like I, I spend a lot of time on TikTok, So I'm like going through like, you know, my for you page on TikTok, and like, there'll be these, uh, these like ghost hunter pages that'll pop up and they're doing like live streams of them going through the haunted house and you never see anything. It's always like people in the comments, like, you know, trolling, like there's something in the corner, blah, blah, blah. But like nothing ever happens. I waste like 30 minutes of my life watching this person walk through this dark house with a shitty camera. And I'm like, okay, I hope to see something, but it, you never see anything. So that's, that's my take. I, I, I guess I'm like a, a jaded ghost believer. I don't know. Jaded ghost hunter. Yeah, I, and I definitely wouldn't do it again. Um, just going through that stuff, and I just—it's just weird. I don't—I I don't want to do it anymore. I—I I just have more fun from like the outside looking in. Sure. Okay. I'll just, I'll just watch Ghostbusters. Yeah, maybe that—that's what I should do. I—I I should go go back, have a little more fun with it, and stop watching these, uh, you know, serious horror movies. And just have a little, little more fun. Enjoy life a little more. Stop being so fearful of the unknown. Okay, so I want to get to get get more into defective chain. Obviously, like we've talked about a little bit. Um, you mentioned earlier that you um, met those uh, two friends eight months ago, but I, I want to take it back to the very beginning of the band. Like, uh, whose idea was was it to start the band? And like, um, how did you guys all come together to actually form defective chain? So it started. Uh, started with uh, my friend Ben, mm-hmm. uh, who plays the the bass in, in Defective Chain. He um, he grew up in this area, and he lived in the Bay for a long time. And I met that's how we met from playing in bands in, in the Bay. Um, but a little bit after I moved here, he moved back to this area. He bought a house, and um, he hit me up, and he's like, "Hey, I'm." I'm in stack now we should we should jam sometime and so we kind of had this these like loose plans to do uh, an abused cover set for halloween last year so like last summer we kind of started like like i i listened to the the abused record and like i figured out how to play all the songs and then like me and him would meet up and i would teach him the songs and we kind of we're trying to do this cover band for halloween with uh some other people and it wasn't really working out. And so we decided not to do that. But Ben and I still wanted to, to play music together. Um, so we he hit up uh, some other friends, uh, Ged from Extinguish and Teal the Flames, who I guess had expressed interest in like singing in a band sometime because uh, he wasn't doing it at that time. And so... Uh, and then uh, Ged got Eric from Extinguished to also jam and so the four of us got together and jammed probably like 
November of last year, something like that. I, I had to guess maybe, maybe December even. Um, yeah, and I just you know we weren't we weren't doing an abused cover set anymore, but I kind of wanted to. We wanted to do like a hardcore band that had a very similar sort of like really like early New York hardcore, uh, you know, like more hardcore punk type of vibe to it mixed with some like some Japanese hardcore, a lot of Japanese hardcore. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we just got together and we jammed and we worked. So we're still doing it. And as far as the the writing process for the demo, there's the the five tracks. How long did that take for you guys to come up with those songs? Uh, to write them pretty quick. We, um, you know, we only jam once every like week or two usually. So it's, you know, if we were really trying to get it done, we could have cranked the thing out probably really fast, but we, um, we took our time with it and, you know, like I've got other band stuff going on. We all have other other projects that are, are doing things concurrently. So just kind of the only reason it took so long to get a demo out was scheduling. We even just like, even once we started recording the demo, getting the, getting it like beginning to end, the recording took maybe like two months just because of scheduling. So, and you, you're the one who recorded the demo, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, did you want it to take that long or? No, <laughs> I never wanted to take that long. Uh, I'm n- notoriously slow when it comes to my own music. I record other bands too, you know, like Mm -hmm. for money. Um, And I can usually crank that up pretty fast, you know, like, like I can have a band like meet up in the practice space and record everything in a day and then, you know, get them a mix in a week or whatever. Um, And I wish I could do that with my own stuff, but I kind of can't. I, I don't know what's wrong with me, but every, Everything I've ever recorded for my own bands has taken way too long. So, and do you think because you know that it is your own, and you I can kind of mess with the timeline, and um, there's not like other people? Well, there are there are other people, but not, I'm talking about like like you know outside parties like waiting for you. The outside party actually helps. Like uh, for my for Un- Unearnment, which is my like solo death metal project, there's nobody else there there's nobody to say like okay that's good enough you know and so that that band especially you know it can just take me i don't know how long it took to record that last record but like i worked on it for over a year mm-hmm. and it's a, it's a 15 minute record you know uh which is absurd um but playing in bands with other people and and even though like the other members of my band aren't like, oh, you got to get, get this done. Like, no one's like, you know, pushing me to get it done. But just knowing that there's these people depending on me to get it done sort of like motivates me to um, get it done as fast. So, so two months really isn't that bad for me. Yeah. It, you know, looking at that whole year for a 15 minute record, that's insane. So, it's you. Yeah, because I'm like, you know, sweating over here at the Jamie RK Studios editing these podcasts. And, you know, I try my best to 
uh, produce the, the best standing stuff that I can with the knowledge and skills that I have. Cause I, I'm not a professional, right? This is all um, self-taught or, or maybe taught by Reddit and YouTube. Thanks to all the random people out there with the, the free knowledge and, you know, uh, some really good stuff out there for free. Um, so I just try to do what I can, but sometimes I find myself just sitting here sweating, like this is fucking annoying. <laughs> like having to learn, like how to do new stuff, like learning how to, uh, just work the basics of like Adobe Premiere by myself when I had no knowledge of how to do anything. I was just like, I, I wanted to give up, but I knew that I couldn't because I, I as, as much as I want to outsource stuff to people, I just haven't met the right people that I can trust to, to do it. Um, but maybe in the future. Um, when I feel more comfortable and maybe when I have less time, I'll have to feel like, feel like editing anything is the worst part of the thing, that you're doing. whether it's a podcast or music or, or video, like just, yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. Cause like I'll, I'll, I'll be riding like a high off of doing like such a cool episode. I'm like, hell yeah, that was really cool. Like, I'm happy that that conversation went well. But then like the sinking feelings like sets and I'm like, fuck, I actually have to go back and now I have to edit it. I have to create all these things. And it's just like, okay, that was fun. But now I'm just kind of like, <laughs> this sucks. For a Nurmit in particular, uh, the drums are, are programmed. Okay. And so there's a, that, that is the part that takes the longest. It's the, uh, just like meticulous little, uh, programming drums and changing things and testing it out. And, you know, uh, it's it's editing basically you know mm. it's uh it's a killer and i'm curious the drums that you program are you able to play them live like can you like physically play uh, them? like behind no. the kit oh <laughs> i mean i i can play drums uh -huh. and i'm not terrible but i can't like do any of like, the, the gravity blasting or any, any crazy like you know like crazy technical drum stuff mm -hmm. When I see those kind of drummers live, I'm like, how do they even last a full set? That stuff just seems so exhausting. It's because they're not hitting that hard. That's the secret? I think it's the secret. I okay. I, I don't know either because I'm not like, a, uh, even when it comes to playing instruments, I'm not talented at all when it comes to that. So when I look at people playing stuff live, it's just like, you know, magic to me. I'm just like, that looks and sounds very cool. I wonder how they're doing it. I wish I could do it. It would probably save me a lot of time. Yeah. And um, for the solo project, have you thought about like, is there ever any thought about doing any of that stuff live? Yeah, I've considered it. Um, I think the issue, the main issue is that people who are able to play drums like that expect to be paid for it. Um, okay. And, and I don't have any money, so it's not going to happen. There was a band that I saw. Um, this was like Whitechapel was doing an anniversary tour. And Rings of Saturn, which I'm sure you're familiar with, Rings of Saturn was playing, and I was at the Glass House. I'm like, oh, there's, there's only like a couple of people on stage. Like, what the hell? What kind of band is this? Because I didn't know anything about them. Um, and they just had their drums. You know, it was like the program playing the drums. It was the, literally the guitar player and like the bass player, uh, and that was it. And I was like, this is really, <laughs> really interesting. But, but surprisingly enough, the the people there, like, I don't know if that's normal because I, I haven't seen them since, but everybody there was still going off as if it was like a full cast up there. So I was like, okay, I guess, yeah, this is it. This is cool. They're getting away with not having a real drummer. I, like, I'm not mad at it. I, I, it was just something that I'd never experienced before. Uh, that's cool that it works for them. I don't think I can. I'm, I'm uh, kind of, 
I'm pretty old school when it comes to live performance. I want there to be amps and a drummer and, and everything loud, you know. Mm-hmm. I know and that I, that's totally fair because I'm if I had a choice, yeah, I would like to see a real drummer hearing like the the perms of it, it was like yeah, it was cool, whatever. But like yeah, it, it would be it, like it would look way cooler too if there was like a full band up there versus just. You know, you sing like an empty drum kit up there. I'm like, oh, this is weird. It reminds me of the, uh, the 25 to life set with a uh, to life, just like doing a karaoke version of the singers. I've it's never like, seen that. That's crazy. I think, I think it's on YouTube. It was some, I, I don't know the, <laughs> the backstory. It was some like old, old thing where like his band didn't show up or can't or quit or something like that. And so he showed up to the show with like a CD of the, the record, just like staying along to the recording. You should look it up. I am definitely going to check that out. Cause that is, that is crazy. 25 to life. What an interesting band. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to remember the last time I, I, it's been so long since I, since I saw that band, but those are early records are, are pretty good before he lost his mind and just turned into a, yeah it's definitely sad to see people kind of fall like that but you know they hopefully i i I don't know him personally i don't know anybody who knows him personally so maybe there's like some mental health stuff there i don't know they're definitely um but i do remember when i saw them i was blown away at how much merch they had and i'm sure a lot of people who have seen them before uh know what i'm talking about they just had this crazy spread and i was like this is cool Definitely looks like it costs a lot of money to make this. They're probably making a crazy amount of money, but it, it was just pretty interesting because at that time I was like, oh, because normally a band will come up, a couple shirts, a hoodie, maybe some shorts or something, but they had like, like shoes and like <laughs> like five different hoodies, and I'm like, geez, it's the summertime. No one's buying a hoodie right now. Um, a bolo tie. <laughs> it's, it's insane, but shout out to to them. But okay, uh, getting back to Defective Chain, obviously, I'm. We just talked about you uh, were the one who recorded at um, the Bludgeon Dungeon. Where does that name yeah. come from? Because that, that just sounds like a scary place. Uh, it's just my practice space. It's um, I got a tiny little like eight by fourteen practice space. Mm-hmm. Um, no, you know, it's enough space for like four people basically um where does the name come from uh, i don't know i think i uh i asked instagram what i should call my studio and someone um someone responded i should call it the dungeon and mm-hmm. then i just said the bludgeon dungeon and i thought that was hilarious and so that's what i call it okay yeah i'm, I'm not mad at it but that's cool. And then I'm also curious, who is Fetal Brain? Fetal Brain, uh, I actually don't know this guy. He's he's an artist uh, in Philly. He plays in the band Quarantine, um, and he does art. He, I think if you look up, I think my Fetal Brain is his Instagram handle. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got an Instagram. His art's all over there. He, he works on commission. Okay, well, um, and I think he. If I, remember, if I remember correctly, he he donates the money that he makes uh, to like good positive stuff. So, okay, that's awesome, cool. It's everybody go support 
fetal brain yeah i i was just curious because i uh, i don't know anything about fetal brain i just know that i love that artwork uh for the demo because I, I i saw that and i was like okay this is like this is it. the the music's awesome the recordings are good because you know sometimes people get a little too punk with recordings and i'm just like this shit i can't listen to it it just sounds so bad and i get it like you're going for a certain you know uh, type of sound but it just sounds like shit to me and i don't know if it's because i have this weird ear now that i edit these podcasts and i hear things different but there's just some things i can't listen to but so i, I was happy you right good music recordings are good and then the artwork is awesome so i'm like damn this is a full package this is cool i'm, I'm super into it and okay so um artwork's sick but now i have to ask life's about to get really busy for you but as far as like upcoming stuff for defective chain are there any shows planned can you guys even try to plan stuff with what's going on in your life yeah um we can try it yeah no we we haven't played any shows yet Mm-hmm. Um, we do plan on playing shows. Um, probably going to try and start around September. Okay, that's kind of what we're thinking. Uh, just you know, gonna have a baby in about a week, and then take a couple months of like not doing anything, mm-hmm. and then uh, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm thinking I'll we'll be able to start playing some of the local shows around September. Okay. So Sacramento, and then Orange County. <laughs> Maybe I mean I definitely I'm not ready. For, I don't think I'll be ready for any like overnight trips for a little while longer. Mm-hmm. Um, and my days of like going on tour for a month are probably over at this point. But uh, for sure, we're gonna play some shows. Say that. Bring the baby. <laughs> bring the baby bring the baby come overnight um i just want to see because like, i'm um, obviously like i'm in the same boat too like it, it, it's hard for me to, to to get out during the week and stuff and if i'm going to drive somewhere far i definitely have to plan it because i got like you know i have things planned out like months in advance and you know i, I got people reaching out to me wanting to do something I'm like dude i got shit going on dude like that, that's not how it works um so i totally get it from, from your aspect but i'm just you know i, I want to be there i, I want to see you guys live at some point I'm sure we'll play. I mean, might not be for a year, but we we might make it something. All right. Whenever you're down, let me book your Orange County show. This is this is becoming fun. I booked uh, breaking news. uh, I I, I booked my second show. Hopefully that goes well. Um, Please, everybody come out and support Thursday, June 30th at program shackled law of power, major pain. But yeah, I am. Starting to do a little more. Don't hit me up asking to book your band, please. Uh, but thank you to everybody who has, <laughs> who's accepted my offers for playing these shows that I'm booking. I appreciate all of you. Um, but I'm just taking it, you know, step by step. But like I said, I, I would like to, you know, have a hand in booking Defective Chain in Orange County whenever that opportunity arises. I'll, I'll let you know. Thank you. Okay. And and as far as having a baby. Like, are you ready <laughs> or like, like, cause I've, I've never had a baby. So I'm just curious, like what it's like for, for you, like what's going through your mind. Uh, I haven't either okay. uh, at this point, but I think we're as ready as we can be. You know, we got a bassinet and a car seat. Okay. And like, are you reading like, like, are there like baby? Cause like, like I said, I don't know anything about this. Like if, <clears throat> whenever I have a baby, I'm gonna have to go to like YouTube or something, hit up Reddit or TikTok or something, try to figure out like, how the hell do I raise a baby? My, my wife is really into uh, the, the YouTube, uh, like 
like what to expect. Mm-hmm. Um, and I watched that with her there. I have a book. I've skimmed through it. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know. It's, I think there's only so much preparing you can do. Like I know that in a week, my life is going to change so drastically and my priorities are going to change mm-hmm. so drastically. Uh, but it's impossible, impossible for me to see what that would be like. Yeah. You know, so, and are you like, is there like a set time for when the baby is supposed to show up and are, are you like waiting? Like, okay, I know it's this time frame, but I might have to it's, drop. We're still unsure, but I think it is going to be a schedule. Okay. Yeah, Interesting. Good. Okay. And see, and, and I tell like a million questions. Was there like one of those uh, funny, like gender reveal parties? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> those things are so weird. And like, yeah. I, and this is a real disc. Cause I don't, I, I don't know anybody who, who would want to do anything like that. that. That just like, and I, I watch all the videos where they've gone good, where they've gone bad. But I'm just like, when I have a baby, I don't want to do that. That seems stupid. <laughs> it's, it is stupid. We, um, we hesitated to even tell our families the sex of the baby because we didn't want them to get us a bunch of boys. Mm-hmm. Like hyper gendered things or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, but obviously you can't know that information and keep it from your parents for too long. So, so yeah, we're, we're having a girl. A girl. Okay. Awesome. A girl. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know anything about kids. I'm I, I'm I'm clueless, but I, but I'm so fascinated, right? Because I feel like at some point, like my knowledge is very minimal. But at some point, I'm gonna have to start soaking up that knowledge. So w- whenever the, the baby's here, I gotta you know step up best, and be a good dad. Best, best way to learn is to do it. All right, all right. I, I'm about to go to the coffee shop after this. I'm gonna go meet. Well, not meet. I've already met her. The love of my life. Um, she she's working. Hopefully. And then I just let her know, hey, I just talked to Fred from Defective Chain. He's having a baby. He said I need to step up. We need to step he said, up. He said we should have a baby. <laughs> we got to step up and have a baby right now before I continue this life with no knowledge about babies. So we need to learn right now. Tell. I don't want to. I, I should probably stop talking. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go into too much detail. But yeah, um, that, that that's cool. I'm, I'm very excited for you. To, to be able to have this experience because it's definitely something special and I, I'm, I'm very you know happy for you and your partner okay and as far as the other bands like and you know um, I I know uh, uh, you know uh, at least one of them is signed because I, I haven't had a chance to check out all the other stuff you're doing but uh, like where did they fall in like the priority list like uh, as far as like being active shows anything like that uh, I would say there are all equal. Mm-hmm. Um, Good the answer. Ones that are, the ones that are active, right? So, De- Defective Chain is the most active because we just put out a, a demo and mm-hmm. it's a real band, and we all live in the same the same area, so we practice, you know. Um, Abysmalist is a, a death metal band that I'm in with uh, two other people, uh, the drummer from Primal Right. Who moved to Seattle is in that band. Bailey from Scowl. Scowl is in mm-hmm. uh, And we are also a real band, but obviously we all live in different cities and they're all pretty far away from each other. So we, um, yeah, we put an album out this past April and um, we were supposed to do like a uh, record release 
weekend, uh, Easter, Easter weekend, and then ended up having to be canceled because of COVID. Uh, someone in our band got COVID. Um, oh, I remember that. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I, okay. So, see, I'm, I'm like new to abysmal. I'm um, excuse me, abysmalist. And I remember going through the Instagram. Oh yeah. I guess they did an Easter thing, but then, okay. It, so it didn't, didn't happen. happen. Got it. And then I'm now all these other like memories are like, you know, getting tied to it. And I'm just like, geez, okay. That, this is all making sense now. Interesting. It was, uh, it was supposed to be our first show in two years and the first show I even played in two years. Mm -hmm. Uh, and yeah, it got canceled, which I mean, we, we hope to reschedule it, but you know, it's kind of hard to schedule anything right now. So, just because of the, the baby so uh we'll do something again in the future we'll we we definitely want to play some shows a, a, a weekend here mm -hmm. but that band definitely requires more planning there's a lot more like logistics to get us all together with a drummer who lives in seattle and me being a dad and and bailey who's just on tour with scout that band's well, that band's non-stop yeah shout yeah. out shout out scowl they're, yeah, they're, they're doing amazing stuff I'm, I'm so happy for that band everybody in that band's awesome um but yeah that they're they're, they're super sick but for, for for you guys being signed to uh, maggot stomp which i think is such a cool name for a record label uh, but I, i'm just curious how you guys linked up with them um i so Abysmalist uh, got hooked up with Magistown because of un because Unearnment uh, put out a couple records on Magistown, mm -hmm. and uh, what happened there was I just I made the the uh, I made the Unearnment uh, the demo, and I just put it on Bandcamp, and this was like 2019, and then the next day there was a message from Scott from from Magnetson just saying, uh, hey, if you need help to put this like on tape, like, let me know. And at the time I was like, well, I don't need help to put that. Like I'm not gonna put it on tape. I don't I don't know what you need by help. Mm -hmm. And then it took it took him like clarifying like no I I want to put this out for you. I was like, oh cool. so so uh he did that. He put out the demo on tape and then he did um, a CD version of that demo. And then he asked if he could put out the next under record and he did uh, that came out september of 2020 um and then i just hit him up after as most was done with our our album i was like hey would do this and he was like yeah sure and so he did that's awesome I definitely like that story. That's that's cool because like I'm not like super familiar with everyone on that label, but there's like a few bands. Like I have a buddy who uh, plays in that band, Body Box, out of Florida, which oh, yeah. I think they're super sick. Um, so good. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. And I know like obviously like 200 stab wounds very involved and um, uh, like stuff out here, but it's just like cool. Like I I, I like that like crossover. Because sometimes uh, in the hardcore bubble, people can be too cool to listen to other types of music. But it's just like, now nah, that that type of music is a lot closer to us than a lot of people like to think. Sure. Okay. Well. Um, sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, that's a head. Nothing. Seconds. 
Okay, for sure. Well, yeah, no, that, that that's cool that uh, they reached out and they were super in tune with what you're doing uh, with the solo stuff, and then they're down to put out the band. Yeah. Okay. Well, damn, Sacramento on the map. Cool shit going on everywhere up there. I, you know, I've been into hardcore for so long, and I've never gone up north. Still to this day, I still have never gone up north for a show. Really? That's cool. That's was- there's a lot of bands here. Uh, there's an all ages uh, venue here, which is awesome. Yeah, one day I'll I'll, I'll make it. A, the one time that I was making serious plans, I was gonna, uh, you know, I, I hit up Cole Kakimoto. I was like, hey, can I get a tour of Printhead? Uh, Malachi was gonna let me stay with him, uh, but and, and this was all for the that Drain record release that got it that got leaked. Uh, you know, a couple of years ago, whatever. Uh, never happened, obviously, because I never went up there. But yeah, th- that was my plan. I was going to go up there for that to experience that that show and try to you know see as much as I could while I was up there. Because th- there's a lot of good people up there um, who I respect and um, who are just you know have always been nice to me. So I I, I wanted to make it like a, a a cool weekend out of it. Well, hopefully there will be another show that's worth worth making. Yeah, no, and I'm I'm sure there will be because even now, like I'm such a fan of field of flames i uh you can't see it it's off camera but like there's like a field of flames poster like right here um i i, I have that cd in my car to this day i i so it, it always plays when i start my car uh, so before i get into all the k-pop stuff you know i'll listen to a track or two of field of flames so I've, I've spun that cd so many times uh so thanks justin for um you know hooking me up with that but then even like like i said i'm, I'm a huge fan of your band and uh would, would still like to see eightfold path um obviously you mentioned extinguish big boy there, there's so many good bands up there that i i haven't had a chance to see that that i definitely want to see live okay well damn fred this has been super awesome i definitely appreciate your time especially you squeezing the podcast in before your big life-changing event i definitely appreciate you doing that it, it definitely means a lot to me i think this is the last last non-baby thing i'm gonna do before the baby comes back so so thanks. Thanks for having me on. No problem. And before we sign off, is there anything else you would like to say? Uh, watch out for the defective chain demo on streaming soon. Uh, tapes coming soon too. Um, go to sh- go to a show. I don't know. That's it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for your time. Thank you everybody for tuning in. Goodbye. <laughs>